consistent rain or drizzle and everything's wet but that's okay because tomorrow the sun is supposed to come out and it's going to be 84 degrees for a high and then that's it for the year after that it goes downhill i think next week we have a couple of days where we're not going to get out of the 40s low 40s at that welcome everybody welcome to the best old time radio podcast for Wednesday, October 21st, night, or night, listen to me, 19. It's only been 20 years we've been in this century. 2020, the year 2020. And Chester, welcome aboard. Yes, sir, you've got your big slicker on, I see. Chester was a little late getting here today, but we're glad to see you. It, yeah, I know, it's, it's wet outside, it really is. And then uh, on Wednesdays, as you know, we play a mystery, and we've got a, a fun mystery. And I'll tell you about it in a minute. But what you need to do now, if you want to listen to our mystery, is you need to go over there and get in that big easy chair, get your feet up, get yourself something cold to drink, and let the problems of the day drift away. Because we're going to come back with an old-time mystery in just a minute. Wednesday, such a groovy Wednesday. In 1934, uh, mystery writer Rex Stout introduced readers to Nero Wolfe, who became one of the country's most popular and beloved uh, private detectives. In all, Wolfe appeared in 33 novels and 39 short stories. He was a man with elaborate eccentricities that made readers feel like they really knew him. Yeah, Nero Wolfe was a licensed private detective. But in reality, his work as a sleuth was really more of a diversion from his more sophisticated interests. Wolf collected rare books. He dressed impeccably. He was a prize-winning horticulturist specializing in orchids. And perhaps above all else, he was a world-class gourmet. 
Oh, did we mention that uh, Nero Wolf clocked in at close to 300 pounds? With his faithful assistant Archie Goodwin providing most of the legwork, you see, Wolf uh, was somewhat incapacitated by his weight, and he rarely wanted to leave his 35th Street brownstone in Manhattan. The rotund bon vivant had come to the realization that his detective duties were necessary to replenish his often depleted bank account. On radio, The New Adventures of Nero Wolf made its premiere October 20, 1950 on NBC. It was the third radio go-round for Wolf, and by far the most successful. The casting of Sidney Greenstreet in the title role was a thing that made fans of the novels take notice. The series just ran for one season, and five separate actors ironically played Archie Goodwin. There was Wally Meher, there was Lawrence Topkin, Herb Ellis, Gerald Moore, and Harry Bartell. You're going to hear Gerald Moore in this episode tonight. And since the show came along so late during radio's golden years, more and more sponsors were putting their money into TV ads. The show we're going to play tonight was originally broadcast January 26, 1951. It's entitled Phantom Fingers, and it is definitely inspired by Agatha Christie. I don't care what you say. This one becomes a whodunit. And as you're trying to figure out who done it, let me just say this. The clue, which I happen to pick up on, was or is available as you listen to the show. So if you listen carefully, you might be just like Mr. Wolf and be able to pick out the murderer as you listen to the show develop. Here we go. From 1951, The New Adventures of Nero Wolf, The Phantom Fingers. Ladies and gentlemen, the ringing of that phone bell means mystery, adventure. Nero Wolf's office, Archie Goodwin speaking. What? You're expecting Mr. Wolf at your place in three hours? Your place is where? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm expecting Hetty Lamar in 15 minutes. Yeah, but, mister, we're both out of luck. <laughs> Archie, what are you babbling about? There's a character on the phone who's laboring under the naive delusion that you're about to make a trip upstate. His name? Finley, he said. In that case, he's quite correct. Yeah, he's quite good. Uh, uh, yes, Mr. Finley. Mr. Wolf will be there. Yeah, goodbye. I shall need some beer, Archie. The bottle opener's in the right-hand drawer. Thank you. What one of us needs is a psychiatrist. You're voluntarily leaving your happy home, exposing yourself to the elements, entrusting your only life to a savage automobile? I am. Oh, oh, oh. somebody's offered you the United States Treasury, huh? Mr. Finley happens to grow orchids. Among them, he has developed a plant possessing spurred labili. I have an opportunity to purchase a couple of the plants, therefore... I don't believe it. But Archie, according to the reports I have received, he has produced a strain of black cypripidium. Oh, well, in that case. But, Mr. Wolf, while it's true that black may be the color of your true love's hair, it is also true that black is the color of funerals. <laughs> It's the detective genius who rates the knife and fork the greatest tools ever invented by man. The ponderous, brilliant, and unpredictable Nero Wolf, created by Rex Stout and brought to you in the person of Mr. Sidney Greenstreet. 
beginning of the case of the Phantom Fingers actually had nothing to do with black orchids. The first act was played in an old house at the end of an old dirt road. It was short and simple. As short as life. And as simple as murder. Joe, I didn't believe the letters I got. Didn't believe them until now. I've been a lonely man. No wife, children. Joe, it was all coming to you after I died. There was no need for you to steal from me. All you had to do was wait. Joe, that gun. Put it down. No, no, no. Archie. Yes, Mr. Wolf. How much longer? Oh, an hour, maybe. Why? I'm a fool. Yeah, well, payday's tomorrow. I refuse to agree with you. <laughs> Besides, the trip's been fine so far, huh? So there's snow on the road, but... Uh, Fooey. Well, it's nice snow. Pretty soon it'll be spring, and in the spring... If you mention old Tidmas once more, I shall strangle you. Uh, no, no, it's against the law. But you know, if that snow melts much faster, the trees won't look so pretty. Trees, are they really necessary? Uh-huh. People cut them down and make paper out of them. And they take the paper and make dollar bills. <laughs> Mr. Wolf, we're surrounded by future fees. I prefer the finished product. What on earth is that? Sounds like a river. Indeed. Except there aren't any rivers around here. Hey. Yeah? Up ahead. What? It's a river. Only it isn't a river. It's wet. It's wet and it's got waves on it. Had to start raining, too. Nature. Fui. road behind us is covered with water. We just have to keep going onward and upward. Would you like to recite Excelsior to me? Why, sure. Shades of night were falling fast when through an alpine village past... An idiot of your caliber, no doubt. Oh. An infernal engine has died. No, no, the road dips up ahead. And where it dips, there's a junior Mississippi growing up. Splendid. Not so splendid. We can't go back and we can't go forward. Why not? They didn't build this model to swim. No foresight. What do we do now? Well, we could abandon the car and, uh... Walk, are you mad? Are you seriously suggesting I indulge in a foot race with the flood? Yeah, well, not seriously, but, uh... Oh, you've decided to give the car a swimming lesson? No. There's what looks like a cow path leading off the highway. To your right. Maybe it's a road. We progress. We now follow the footstep of the cow. Ah, it is a road. An old dirt road. Not only that, it goes up. Is that good? Theoretically. We might get above the water that way. And if the theory fails? Mr. Wolf, how are you on the Australian crawl? Hey. There's been another car on this road before us. You can see the tire tracks in the mud. Interesting. An indication that there are other maniacs about. I myself would not have chosen this particular spot to picnic in. Well, it's not that. There's somebody lying on the road. People have peculiar habits. Ignore him and drive on. Uh-uh. Hold on a moment. Mr. Wolf, you better come out here. My madness has its limits. The answer is no. Serious, Archie? Very serious. Oh, very well. Uh, 
David Hems. Oh. Yeah, still oh. alive, but... Uh... The man's being shot. He's oh. mumbling. Joe. Uh, He's Joe. He's yelling for Joe. Be still. Uh, don't forgive stealing. Uh, don't. Uh, uh. So much for that. Pick him up, Archie. Put him in the car. Might be bad for him to be moved. No. There is nothing that can be bad for him. He's dead. This blasted road leading anywhere, Archie? Well, seems to be a clearing up ahead. Maybe. Hey, it's a house. Splendid. I'm not so sure. It's perched up on top of a cliff, surrounded on three sides by nothing. On the side facing us, there's a deep ravine and a small wooden bridge. An island in the air. Hmm. Yeah. High enough to keep above water, maybe, but. Now that bridge doesn't look too good. Rain may have weakened it. I have no choice, Archie. I have no intention of being drowned in these barbaric surroundings. The bridge, Archie. Okay, hold on. Nope, the thing's collapsing under us. Our momentum, sir. Well, if it doesn't, 37 blondes are going to be wearing black. Correction, 38. I forgot the one in Gimbel's bargain basement. Hey, we made it. The bridge will never be the same, though. There's a car ahead of us in front of the house. The car from which our friend, our dead friend, was thrown. Only one set of car tracks in the mud along the road, and here... And all we have to do is walk in, ask for the owner of the house, and, uh... Possibly, and possibly not. Archie, go through the corpse's pockets. Oh, that's not cricket. Yeah, all right, all right, I'm going through. There's not much on him. Handkerchief, silver, driver's license... The name was uh, James Miller. Address Garner Lane. Walden. And I've got an idea this is Garner Lane, Mr. Wolf. In which case, someone named Joe was looking after the house for him, committed theft, and murdered Miller. Miller's body was then dumped on the road in the hopes that the floods would wash the body away. No one at the house seems to have noticed our arrival. Nope. Well, let's go in and ask for Joe, huh? Very well. Uh, oh. Uh, mm. uh, hard. With the bridge down, there's absolutely no way of getting on or off this bridge. Except for a mountain goat. I don't know any mountain goats. <laughs> I used to know a plain goat once, though. Indeed. He ran at the fifth at Jamaica. Stop mourning. I never mourned her. Also, I never win bets on horse races. <laughs> That's why I continue to work for you. That is also why you had better ring the doorbell. Okay, okay. Nobody's going to break a leg rushing to open the door. I suppose you try it. I have had more than enough of the weather. Is that polite? Besides, the killer may have some more bullets in that gun. Are you afraid? Sure. Fooey, the door, Archie. But old Dr. Tidmouse would say... Well, never mind. Mm. Hey, somebody was careless leaving the door open like that. On the other hand, has a spider ever shut its web? The answer is no. Are we flies? Yes. Out of my way, Archie. There are lights up ahead. Must be the living room. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, sure, sure, your excuse. Uh, do you live here, sir? Do we? No, don't you? Of course not. This is very strange. I came out to see the people who live here. Or the person. I found the door open and no one about I've been sitting in this corner now for a long time. 
Well, it's a pity no one offered you a plum pie. Then you could have stuck in your thumb. You saw no one enter, sir? Uh, no one at all. I didn't want to go any further. It would have seemed like prying. Perhaps you had better come along with us. Well, uh, all right. You know, this place, it has an evil atmosphere. Certainly has. What it needs is fresh air. Hooey. This would be the living room door. A job. It is. Looks as pretty as a picture. Abby. Oh. Hello. Well, just think of it. Five minutes ago, you know, I didn't know you existed. And you didn't know I existed. And now... Archie, uh, your existence would have a sudden end unless you keep quiet. Uh, excuse us for intruding, Miss... Intruding? Uh, oh, but I really should ask you to excuse me. You do not live here? I wish I did, but... You see, I've been out walking. I live maybe a whole mile from here, and then when the flood began, I, I thought I'd come in here and stay for a while. And you found? An empty house. That's not what I found. <laughs> As old Dr. Tidmouse has often said... Go through the rest of the house, Archie. Go through the rest... Yeah, well, never mind. I'll, uh... What's that? Somebody's walking. Coming downstairs. I'll go and see. Hey, you! Hey, hey. Come on into the living room. Meet your guests in one of several pieces as you prefer. You what? Oh. Hiya, folks. Ah, host at last. That's very funny. I think I'll laugh. Uh, uh. May I ask why? Because this here ain't my dump. I was just casing the joint. I mean, I was just taking a stroll. Through the house? I'm eccentric. Oh, clever. However, I think you'd better stay. Why? Because you may turn out to be the owner of this house after all. I rather think introductions are in order. Well, I'm Peg Shirley. Uh, my name is Wagner. Joseph Wagner? Uh, Lewis. How about you, Stroller? Cregan. Sam Cregan. Hmm. Peg, Louis, Sam. Mr. Cregan, while you were strolling upstairs, did you notice anyone else about? No. There was no one outside when Archie and I entered. The bridge is down, effectively cutting us off from further visitors. We may assume, therefore, that we are the only people in not about this house. Yeah, it's cozy, ain't it? Which further means that one of you three is a murderer. Am I? Am I? Oh, are you? The murderer is the person who owns or lives in this house. All three of you denied being that person. Conclusion, one of you is a liar. Well, I, I, that. How dare I hardly expected a full immediate confession. However, we are absolutely isolated here. No one is going to come or leave until we have our killer. You know, you can't really keep us here. The flood can and will. Remember, the bridge is no longer. So you see, just the five of us alone. No one else inside the house, no one outside. Therefore... <laughs> Correction, Mr. Wolf. Maybe it's a branch or something tapping against the door. Unlikely. Archie. Okay, I'll go see who or what it is. Oh, hey. Who oh, in the room I got him. Somebody shut the door. Yeah, all right, I get it. A disreputable and unwashed gentleman. Head badly hurt. Is he conscious, Archie? I don't know. He's mumbling something. Legs pushed off. Fell from the legs. He's passed out. I guess he was trying to say that somebody pushed him out on a ledge. The side of the cliff, maybe. He must have regained consciousness and crawled to the house. Where'll I put him, Mr. Wolf? Bedroom, I suppose. We'll need first aid. We can't get a doctor. 
Cregan, where are the bedrooms? Yeah, one right up at the head of the stairs. And don't ask me how I happen to know. Where's your aunt, Archie? Okay. I'll need somebody to help me carry him up without shaking him too badly. Cregan? Okay. Uh, let's go. As for the rest of you, Mr. Wagner, Miss Shirley, I suggest we return to the living room. But I don't see any reason why we should take orders from you. One of you is a murderer. I include Mr. Cregan, of course. Oh, but that poor man wasn't dead. Not for lack of trying. However, I was not referring to him. You mean... You mean someone else has been killed? Precisely. That is why I hope we should not hear another knocking at the door. It could only be a corpse. And Cregan. Yeah. The injured man? Still out. Probably got a concussion. Uh, did he say anything further? Well, he babbled a bit. I don't know if... Uh, we should assume we're among friends, Archie. Exactly what did he say? Well, he was pushed over the edge of the cliff because he saw Miller killed. Ah, did he also see who? No. Passed out before he had a chance. He's an old tramp, Mr. Wolf. He was bumming his way through the country when he saw the murder. He must have decided on a touch of blackmail and receiving a concussion instead, which may last for hours or for days. <gasps> Somebody's playing with the lights. Some fool. Yeah, the switch was over this way. Ah. Ah, lights are on again. Whose idea was that? I had nothing to do with it. Me neither. Miss Shirley, why did you scream? Oh, well, someone rushed against me in the, in the darkness. You were standing? Uh, near the table, this table. Archie? No, nothing on the table except a bunch of keys on a ring. Hey, something screwy. Why should a guy put the lights out just to deposit a bunch of keys on a table? Obvious. Without doubt, those are the keys of this house. Possession of them will have disclosed which of you lives here and which of you therefore killed Miller. It's late. I shall sleep down here, lacking an elevator to transport me upstairs. The elevator's lacking. Yes, the rest of you should be able to find bedrooms upstairs. Good night. Archie. Yeah? Follow them upstairs. Spend the night awake. Okay. Good heavens, Archie. On my way. What's cooking up here? Uh, somebody's playing with the lights up Strike a match. You don't have to. I got a flashlight. Oh, yeah. oh, here it is. Light switch. You know, this putting out of lights is getting to be somebody's bad habit. Well, all three of you seem to be okay. Stay here. Where, right. where are you going? Tramp's room, right here at the head of the stairs. Think of all your good deeds while I'm gone. All right, downstairs again. What, again? Oh, oh, dear. What happened? Well, it was more than a bunch of keys this time. Oh, that knife. There's blood on it. There should be. I just pulled it out of a man's heart. Wow. Well, Mr. Wolf, one of these three babies doused the lights, popped into the tramp's room, deposited the knife in his chest, and popped right out again. The knife you're holding? Yeah. Intelligent of you to wrap a handkerchief around the handle. Well, whoever killed the tramp didn't have time to fool around with gloves, so... There should be prints on the knife handle. Satisfactory, Archie. That's mild enthusiasm. Archie, on that desk, an ink pad. Yeah. Miss Shirley, mm-hmm. you carry face powder, of course? Yes, I do. Archie will need it to bring out the prints on the knife. He will then fingerprint each of you. Compare your prints with those on the knife... And we shall have a murderer to hand over to the police. Archie, will you begin, please? You there, Mr. Wolf? 
Three cards labeled with Miss Shirley's name, Cregan's, and Wagner's. Their respective prints are on each card. Good. I have a knife here. Several quite distinct prints on it. It should be child's play to, uh... Hmm. Archie. Yeah? Take your own prints and mine. What? Do as I say quickly. Yes, sir. All right, give me your thumb. Thank you. Yeah, that's it. Now mine. Thank me. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's something wrong. Something wrong and deadly loose in this house tonight. Well, there's a card with your prints and mine. Thank you. <clears throat> now you got five cards all together. So I have. Uh, Archie. What now? Take the ink pad and a fresh card with you. Where am I going with him? Upstairs. But, Mr. Wolf, there's nobody upstairs except the corpse. Precisely. It is his prints I want. Oh, this is so oh, ridiculous. I'm over with. Archie? Yeah, I got the dead man's prints. Will all of you please sit? All right, but it's... Good heavens, young woman. Be careful. We want no accidents. I'm sorry. I caught my high heels in the rug. Archie, the card with the corpse's prints on it. Hey, yes, sir. Thank you. Mm. You know, I've had quite enough of this nonsense. Have you, Mr. Wagner? Yeah, and so have I, Mr. Wolf. Also, I don't think you know what you're doing. Perhaps not. However, I have something rather interesting to tell all of you. There is no one in this house besides yourselves, except, of course, for the dead man upstairs... There is no one on the rock on which this house stands except for another dead man in our car. Look, we already know all that. Bear with me. We may rule out secret passages, unusual hiding places, or anything of that esoteric and childish nature. We may also rest assured that no one has come to or left this house or rock within the last few hours. Well, that means we're kind of hermetically sealed here, huh? Meaning also that whoever was here when the tramp was killed is still here. Still here in this room. Correct, Archie. Now then, I have checked the dead tramp's prints against those on the knife. Theoretically, suicide was possible. However, the prints do not match. That guy was in no condition to kill himself anyway. True. And I checked Archie's prints and mine against those on the knife. No similarity. Oh, but no one suspected either of you. Thank you, but I had to be thorough. That left only the three of you. I compared your cards and the prints on them with the prints on the handle of the knife. And? I want you to remember one thing very clearly. We are the only living people in this house or on this rock of land. No tricks are possible and may be ruled out. All right, so what? This. The prints on the handle of the knife that pierced the heart of the man upstairs do not match his prints or... The prince of anyone in this room. No, mine wouldn't match. Would you mind saying that again? He doesn't have to. And those cards, Mr. Wolf, has the prince of everybody here. And yet none of them match the prince on the knife handle. But, well, in that case, who or or what killed him? There must be someone else in the house. I give you my word, there is not. Hey, you thinking about ghosts or something? Ghosts never leave fingerprints. I... I, I've got to get away. I can't stand this. Me too. Come on, lady. But I, I'll come along with you, if you don't mind. Mr. Wolf. Let them go. The bridge is down. They can't get far. Okay. I don't get it. Get what? Well, the fingerprint business. And who killed Miller plus the tramp? The identity of the killer, Archie, is quite obvious. It is? To who? To whom? Who's whom? <laughs> That's a joke. 
Yeah, I'm stalling for self-respect. You know? Uh, of course I do. I have no conclusive proof, however. I had hoped the fingerprints would be of assistance there, but they proved to be phantoms. I'm still smarting about the other thing. You know, it's at times like this that I almost agree with you about my intelligence. Lack of intelligence? Yeah, well, don't rub it in. Don't rub it in. Just go ahead. Yeah, well, maybe you better rub it in. From now on, you may refer to my brain in the negative. In the negative? Bless you, Archie. What I've just done, I don't know, but can I have a raise? No. I'll take it back. You can't. Get the others in at once. Mr. Wolf, you now have the appearance of Mr. Wolf being surrounded by several dozen bottles of beer. What have I done? You've explained the fingerprints, Archie. Hurry. I don't want to keep the killer in suspense. I don't care. No, I'm very nervous. I don't like this. Archie. They're all here. Yes, but they're all making a noise. Stop them. Miss Shirley, Mr. Cregan, Mr. Wagner, will you please shut? Uh, uh, Mr. Wolf, they have. Thank you, Archie. Now then, I have known for some little time which of you killed the tramp and Miller. I lack proof, however. And you... you have it now? I will admit for a while I was flummoxed by the negative evidence of the fingerprints. They seem to indicate that the tramp was murdered by a phantom. However, the word negative itself has solved the minor problem. Minor to whom? To whom? Never mind. Shh. Archie, what is the salient feature of a film negative? Well, I suppose it's the fact that the darks are light and the lights are dark. Precisely. A reversal, then, of the actual appearances. Now, are there any similarities between filmed images and fingerprints? Oh, in a way... You could call the whorls and hollows that determine the individual characteristics of a fingerprint the lights and darks, eh? You could. I shall. Miss Shirley, would you help in an experiment? Well, of course. Thank you. Archie, I want you to take Miss Shirley's fingerprints once again. Okay. Pad and card. Here you are, Miss Shirley. All right. Archie, quick. Huh? Grab her arm. I got it. Well, Usually I don't have to be coached, but... Let go of me. What are you trying to do? Miss Shirley... You already had pressed your fingers on the ink pad once. Why were you about to do it a second time? Well, I... I just wanted to make a better impression. Fury. Archie, wipe some of the ink off her fingers. Oh, but then it won't be any good. It'll be very good, Archie. I've well, done it. And take the print. No, no, let go of me. Maybe I never hurt women if I can help it, but right now I won't be able to help it. Mr. Wolf wants your prints all over again, so down on the nice white card. No. Hey, thanks. Will you let me have that card now, Archie? Sure. In the meanwhile, hold on to Miss Shirley. A pleasure. Indeed? Would you continue to think so, Archie, if I told you that Miss Shirley's first name is not Peg, but happens to be Josephine, for which the diminutive is Joe? Glad they're fixing the bridge. I was beginning to think we'd be here forever. Boy, we have been. <laughs> you know, if those black orchids have been holding their breath waiting for you, they're going to be red in the face. Hey, hey new breed, red orchids, huh? Ah, uh, gee, must you talk? Well, it's fun. Also, you've been holding out on me about the case. I surrender. Okay. You know, when we compared the new prints of Josephine with those on the knife, you could have knocked me over with a sash weight. They were identical. Naturally. She stabbed the tramp. Yeah, but what was the fingerprint gag? She merely loaded her fingers so heavily with ink that she falsified the markings. She filled up the hollows and walls with ink. 
The result was that ridges became hollows and vice versa, in the same fashion that a photographic negative falsifies lights and darks. You got that when I mentioned the word negative. It works, huh? Try it sometime. Yeah, the very next bank I rob. <laughs> but you said you knew who killed Miller and the Tramp even before you exposed the fingerprint gimmick. How? We knew Miller's murderer lived in this house. Had been stealing from him and so on. Uh-huh. Stealing what? Cash, of course. He, as the girl admitted, was an eccentric, kept his money on the property. Cregan had probably heard of it, hence his casing of the house. Yeah? Our problem, therefore, was to discover who lived in this house. All three suspects denied it. Josephine Shirley told us, as you may remember, that she'd gone for a walk and then been driven by the flood to this house where we found her. Well, that's what she said. It could have been. No. Because, as you may also remember, she tripped at one point over the living room rug and mentioned why. Sure. Sure, she said she was wearing high heels. Uh Uh-oh, because out in the country there are no pavements, so girls don't go for walk in high-heeled shoes. Therefore, she hadn't gone for a walk. Therefore, she was lying. Therefore, she killed Miller and... (laughs) I should have noticed those heels myself. You should have, Archie. Your trouble, I suspect, was that... uh... You didn't notice the feet for the leg. <laughs> you have been listening to The New Adventures of Nero Wolf, starring Sidney Greenstreet. <laughs> Tonight's transcribed story was based on the characters created by Rex Stout. This is an Edwin Fadiman program produced and directed by J. Donald Wilson. In the cast were Gerald Moore as Archie Goodwin and G.G. Pearson, Howard McNear, Tim Graham, and Eddie Fields. Next week at this same time, Nero Wolfe and Archie will bring you The Case of the Vanishing Shells. Don Stanley speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. So there you have it, The New Adventures of Nero Wolfe. The name of that story was The Phantom Fingers, and it was first broadcast on NBC January 26, 1951. I had a few things I wanted to say about this, but I'm a little late getting the show up today, so I'm going to uh, bypass them. Did you notice the quoting of the poem Excelsior? That was a poem by uh, Longfellow. And the term Excelsior... I guess loosely translated, means onward and upward. You can look up the poem online, but it was about a traveler who ran into uh, a problem that would prevent him from going onward and upward. And even though all of these people were trying to help him, he just was committed to going onward and upward. Anyway, Archie seemed to know about the poem and was quoting from it, and Nero recognized that he was quoting from it. I just thought it would add a little class, you know. Just a little class there on uh, on this show. Did you discover or did you figure out ahead of time who the murderer was? When I heard that about the shoe, the high heel shoe, I thought immediately, she said she was traipsing around out in the woods. And it was very clever. Her name was what what they say, Joanna. And so he referred to her as Joe. The New Adventures of Nero Wolf. Uh, it's a fun type of show. It is not a serious show. 
It is not a dragnet or a lineup, and we're going to have a few of those in the weeks ahead. But nonetheless, they are a lot of fun, and I enjoyed the banter very much. I think that uh, Gerald Moore made a really good Archie. that's going to do it for us folks we will be back tomorrow with our western on thursday and back on the weekend with the archive show looking for songs from 1951 it really hit me that some of the best-selling songs weren't just on the pop charts there was indeed a country chart back there and there was a number of crossover songs and this artist who was very young and yet did not live much longer had several major hits in the very early 50s and we're going to play two of them going out tonight and that singer is hank williams of course hank williams senior that's it everybody this is bob bro i'm so glad you stopped by and i am so glad you met me to show that you were my every dream Yet you're afraid each thing I do is just some evil scheme A memory from your lonesome past keeps us so far apart Why can't I free your doubtful mind And melt your cold, cold heart Another love before my time Made your heart sad and blue And so my heart is paying now For things I didn't do In anger unkind words are said That make the teardrops Why can't I free your doubtful mind And melt your cold, cold heart You'll never know how much it hurts To see you sit and cry You know you need and want my love Yet you're afraid to try Why do you run and hide from life To try it just ain't smart Why can't I free your doubtful mind And melt your cold, cold heart 
There was a time when I believed that you belonged to me. But now I know your heart is shackled to a memory. The more I learn to care for you, the more we drift apart. Why can't I free your doubtful mind and melt your cold, cold heart? Something up with me 